Welcome back, everybody. It's the Pitch Pod. We're in the second week of the World Cup. We're so excited. We we had some great matches already in this tournament. I'm your host, Jeff Stebbins. Join with me, as always, is my co-host, the man that can't be razzled, the man that won't be dazzled, Cool Joe himself, Joe Janner. Joe, how are you doing tonight? Wow, thank you, Joe. What an intro. I mean, it says, yes, cool as can be, especially this time of year, looking forward to discussing the World Cup thus far and, and our predictions that are for what we're looking for into the future. So glad to be here. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, absolutely. We're glad to have you. Cool, Joe. Cool, Joe. So, Joe, if you don't mind kind of taking us through, you know, all the – there's so much stuff going on, so much excitement. But if you don't mind kind of recapping some of these major games or upsets, and I'll jump in when I when I hear something that sounds familiar. Well, sure. We haven't been without, that's for sure. I think many have looked at the Argentinian defeat at the hands of Saudi Arabia as probably being the major defeat of the tournament thus far. I don't know how many people looking at the matchups and looking at the fixtures that were in this World Cup would have said, oh, you know, that's that's they circled that as an Argentinian win to, to start off the tournament. Best of luck to them as they go along. And then they get uh, – taken there for a ride in a sense that they they did lose one to two. And I think that for the most part was the biggest surprise so far of the tournament. It's worth suggesting, it's worth mentioning, but that's what happens. I, I think that maybe, wow, do I want to put it out there and say it's potentially in part of the arrogance of the Argentines to think that they, that they could go into a tournament, any side. I mean, it's, it's 11 v 11 game. They're out there to play. I don't think anybody showed up, got on the flight, got on the train, bus, however they got to the, match and so I'm just going to roll over because this is an Argentinian top tier team so I think games like this are again what brings us all back to this World Cup is the most exciting sporting event in the world absolutely absolutely yeah the Argentina game uh that was definitely surprising and, and threw my bracket off a little bit Spain had a great showing Ecuador had a great showing is there anything about those games specifically that we need to mention I think if you're talking about the Spanish scoring seven goals into this contest, it's definitely worth mentioning. I mean, they're up 3-0 by the first half, and maybe you thought, okay, what is Costa Rica going to do to show some respect for themselves? Maybe that's a harsh assessment, or what were they going to do tactically to try to eliminate, knowing that even with a potential loss in front of them, what could they do to position themselves and set themselves up for the, the remaining two matches to potentially, you know, again, as we just said, anything can happen. But then to allow the floodgates to open for to lose by seven, really, really I th- give credit to, to Spain, what they were doing there as far as, you know, obviously dominating possession, creating chances, finishing as needed, and some with splendor and some with flair, a, a spectacular performance by them. But you also, again, it's a little bit indicative when you look at it at this level and these type of contests with that much of a margin, thinking that it's not, you're look, looking at Costa Rica inside that didn't quit at some point in time. So that's, it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's also hurtful in a sense that, that you see that even at the top levels where you have these margins of victory. But well done to Spain. Puts them in an excellent, brilliant position for them in their group. So I think that's going to be a, a great start for them. 
So that that was something I think worth mentioning. Again, the seven goals and a seven nil defeat over Costa Rica is definitely worth mentioning. Absolutely, absolutely. And he, you mentioned the score differential, and yeah, it is hard to believe at this level you would see that with teams that qualified for the tournament. Um, but speaking of a game where there was no score differential, it was a zero-zero draw. That Mexico game was pretty exciting to watch. Oh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I, again, it was because of the time of the day, and it was where I was, and I was had the focus to really get into it but also i think there was something about the ambience and the the setting of the stadium where i think a majority a large majority of that stadium was filled with mexican supporters and i think they even went on to say that it almost was again a mexican home game there in qatar so for them it really exciting in a sense that they were there in support and well we would look at it and aside from goals being scored it just seemed to be a well-contested contest it seemed like again what we look forward to in the world cup it's a it's a difference of styles, a difference of, of opponents, the way that they match up and line up and, and play each other. And it, it wasn't without the dramatics in a sense that Lewandowski had an opportunity to score, convert the penalty. And we, well, you could say he missed it or it was Ochoa's brilliant save to keep them in it, to keep it at 0-0. I thought that was the match for me thus far that was exciting. Again, you come for the goals, you hope you see them, but sometimes this game goes beyond that. Sometimes it goes about, about the performance and the and the drive and the desire of a, one team or another to compete at the, at this level. So I was excited by that match and, and the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have to talk about the game that we had previewed previously. We both have skin in the game for this one. Both big U.S. supporters, big U.S. fans, and have been following the game for years and years here in the U.S., hoping for good outcomes each each time the World Cup comes around. So the U.S. versus Wales, obviously everyone knows by now it was a 1-1 draw. I, I figured the game would be close, and I predicted a 1-0 U.S. win, but I do believe, Joe, I believe you nailed it this week. Is that correct? That is correct. I for me, I'm pretty excited in the sense that it was the result that I picked, but very quickly at the same time, it's a bittersweet feeling in the sense that as a USA supporter, you want them to win. But it, it was what I thought that there was a potential outcome. And sure enough, I mean, we had it. Was it there for us to keep? Obviously not enough, especially when if we're going to get into the specifics. When you give up a penalty late, they convert and draw 1-1. It really takes the, the taste away from you. It's like the, the win would have been brilliant. The win would have been great, perfect for where we were at. We talked about the importance of winning the first game, but that result there, very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I think the U.S. definitely was the better team. I feel like they should have won that. At one point in the game, when they were up 1-0, one, one if you looked at the analytics, we actually had an 80% chance to win. However, Later in the game, as you said, the PK unfolded and our center back Zimmerman made a foul in the box that um, it just seemed like he wasn't mentally focused because you would think someone with that much experience playing at this high of level, it was such an obvious foul that being up 1-0 was just super unnecessary. I don't know what he thought he would gain out of that. I, I don't know. It just maybe he was checked out or needed a sub earlier on in the game and just 
He wasn't fresh. I, I don't know exactly what was going on with him, but that's just something you, you that can't happen in the World Cup. And you said, I mean, could it be all that in the sense that it was later in the match? It wasn't a mentality. Was it just simply simple? Uh, a situation where you had a player that was not focused and, and drawn into the game is where they should have been because of the strain of the match and, and where they were with what they were doing. But like you said, it, it can't happen. You have to, and you want to be clear and be critical of a player that does that in a sense of where they were, where they, what they need to do. Could they have done what they need to do to hold on to the win? And, and there they were. And sure enough, after they converted it, one way, it just completely deflated everything that was in place and it left. I mean, we're not the only ones, Jeff. The only thing that's, that's reassured is we're not the only ones disappointed with plenty of question marks. I think you even mentioned it, a substitution. How about the substitutions? Where where was the plan as far as what was in place or what was needed to be in place when you start seeing these substitutions come on? Is that something you were also wondering about? <laughs> yeah. So going back and, and looking what some players were saying, um, you know, obviously he didn't put Reyna in, Reyna being one of our better midfielders. And according to Reyna, before and after the match, he said he was 100% and ready to go. I, I guess the coach was worried about some tightness and worried that he might be injured uh, or I should say flare up an old injury would be more accurate. But the player felt confident. He felt ready. And to see him not be used and to see some of our center backs and other players not get subbed uh, more frequently is a little disappointing. Because had we had more fresh players out there, um, even get Jesus in the game at the forward position a little bit more, because um, I think Sargent was doing his best and he had his head on a couple balls. However, again, at this at in the World Cup at this stage, it's not enough to just get close to putting the ball on frame. You have to put it on frame, and those crosses that he had into him were really quality crosses. So. I'm glad he was in the right position. I'm glad he got a head on the ball, but you got to put it on frame at this level. At this point, as as a member of Team USA in the World Cup opening match, in a really, really crucial game, because in order to advance, you know, we, we're still in it. We still have a chance, but this would have been a huge game to win for us looking to advance. And as you mentioned, the momentum behind it. So it was really a crucial game and had we won it, I think it really would have altered things moving forward. And I agree totally with that perspective, that analysis in the sense of where that took us, that drained the momentum. I mean, having gotten the first goal going up, looking like in a sense that we controlled, especially in the first half, most of the game. I mean, there's a few question marks tactically about where and when they couldn't have utilized the midfield more to build up as opposed to working outside a lot and working in, in wide areas. Yes, the cross, there was quality cross that were put in. And as you, as you suggested, there were ones that should have been finished. But but overall, I mean, the the game was just just disappointing. The fact that you, and you mentioned the, the rain. I think most of us at home were, were like, where's Reyna? Why is he not coming on? Why where, where was the plan or not the plan for him to be a part of it? And so you do ask, well, was it injury? But if you have a player telling they're good to go, then you wonder if there's more to it than that. And it's, again... The game was asking for a player of that potential to come in and, and, and provide what they have and, and add a dynamic to the attack that was necessary, especially at the point that the goal was conceded and it was drawn. If you want to go for it, as we knew, it's an important win. Where was he? So 
a lot of question marks as far as this, the choices for substitutions and throughout that match. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's actually been some criticisms of the manager, Bill Hodder, as, as, as well, uh, for some other things. And it might sound a little superficial, but I, too, as someone who's watching the game, just kind of, you know, as a manager, as a coach representing the United States, to come out and it's a, I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more passionate, enthused throughout the match. It kind of seemed like just another game to him as someone who's observing. I could be wrong. I, I wasn't there for the halftime speech. And, you know, but just from an observer's perspective, it, it didn't seem like he had fired the team up and that he himself was completely prepared and ready, um, even down to the attire, which again sounds superficial. But I think a lot of people would say that U.S. soccer has an image problem, right? Ooh. And internationally, we're not seen as competitive enough, and and hopefully we're working up there and, and, and getting closer to where we need to be. But when it's the first game of the World Cup and our coach comes out in literally a cotton T-shirt and Jordans, and don't get me wrong, I, I love Jordans. I love the style. Don't get me wrong. But is it appropriate attire as manager representing the United States for the first game when you don't really have a great, you know, it's not like Bill Belichick here where this guy is just, you know, he, he knows what he's doing to the point where, hey, I can wear cut-off sleeves in the Super Bowl and, and don't worry about it. We're still going to win. You know, I don't, I don't think we're at that level uh, where he can just show up and wear what he wants and, and – and, and so maybe I'm a little bit traditional in that sense, but as someone who's watching and taking it serious to see our manager come out, as I said, with Jordans and a t-shirt, I was uh, a little disappointed. Well, that takes a, that takes the criticism to a whole other level in a sense that I, I think what you're saying is Berhalter didn't get the memo that this is not an easy street and he's not just to walk on to stroll on and, and have an attitude and a, and a stance and a position that's just so easy going in a sense. I think that's what I'm gathering from what you're saying and and begging and asking for a manager that's going to come out and take that more upfront business sense, get this job done. And we saw everything but. And, it's, and so I think that's fair criticism. I think it's fair to look at it, especially when you talk about the image, especially when you talk about that related to an identity of what others are looking at. If, if you want to talk about what others are looking at us thinking, it's, it hurts. If, if that is a perspective and others that would be even looking and going, well, what are these guys doing? They're supposed to come out here. You know, I'm not saying it's got to be button up suit and tie necessarily, but I think if at least what you're saying is a little bit more of a, an attire, if you will, but it goes along with his positioning and his, his, his way about himself that he would want a little bit more upfront professional standpoint. So I, I get that. So I think that's again, a whole other level of criticism as far as U S soccer, but Maybe it's time for other people to hear that. So, Jeff, I appreciate you bringing up that up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, the professionalism and, and, and the pride kind of go hand in hand. So that, that's where I'm coming from, uh, at least as, as a fan and observer wanting us to do well. That's, that's kind of my standpoint on it from what I see. Um, and the optics, you know, how we represent ourselves. I think, it, I think that is important, right? Um, but that kind of brings us, you know, now that I got that off my chest. <laughs> good, good. You know. I'm glad you got yeah, definitely. 
Don't want to leave that one behind yet. Yeah, you know, I, you know, and, and for all people, for me to be a fashion critic is, is a little ironic, right? But if he, if you and I get to that point, then something must be wrong. So, uh, uh, looking ahead, uh, we have USA again. We're going against a really tough team here, England. USA is currently ranked 13th in the world according to FIFA. And England's currently ranked fifth. The viewers, everyone that right now is giving England a 61% chance of winning, USA a 17% chance, and then a 22% chance of a draw. That seems pretty fair, pretty accurate to me. Um, when I look at it just on the surface level, what, uh, what do you think about that, Joe? I, I know that we're uh, up against a challenging competitor that's that's for sure i mean if you look at the result that they got their 6-2 win in their opener almost having their way in that match in a sense you you do have some concerns about what they're going to bring in comparison to what you saw the usa put together and i I believe that there's probably a higher chance that england does win this game right but i I do have to take this position i do have to take the stance all things put aside that we've already suggested about where the usa stands in their identity and what they did in this last match and and the simple little mistakes, whether it cuts down the mentality, and suggest that I think the USA gets up for this game. I think that there has to be, and if it's not from the manager, it's got to be one or two or five players in that locker room, maybe the whole squad, whether they're, you know, I mean, it's 2022, they're, they're talking here, they're talking there. Maybe they're deciding that this is not enough for them. Maybe they're as a, as a team and a squad, minus the management, minus the organization, are going to go out there with pride, and put on the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. England is a powerhouse. They have Kane, who's just a goal-scoring machine. And, you know, like I said, they have Kane, who's a goal-scoring machine. And their, their, their whole team is made up of Premier League players, starters. So they're going to be coming out and, and, and looking sharp. We know that much. But, but I, I think you make a good point. point. I, I, I don't, don't think, think that the U.S. is actually short in talent, right? Polsek, um, Jesus, if he gets enough playing time, I thought Turner did a quality job as their keep. Um, you know, I, 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 think, I think we do have enough talent there to work with if the tactics and the substitutions, if that gets figured out before the game and – and, and it's managed at least decently, then I think, think it could be a lot more competitive than what most people are, are thinking at this point. And I think as USA supporters, that's what we're hoping for, right? Again, if we, we get into our hearts and we get into our feelings about what we want, I think that's what we, we got we to gotta believe, and that's what we got to feel going into this. As I say that, if I put on my uh, my cap in terms of, of, of looking at this game from another perspective – I do know it's going to be a challenge. I do know that I wonder, or rather I should say, I wonder if anybody within the organization, within the management, the team themselves have an idea about what they're going to do to compete against an English team that has what they have. So that's, that's where the concern is for me. And I think that's what's going to be revealed in this contest, in this match specifically, is the personnel there, whether from the, again, from the players all the way up, to be able to look at what England has, the opposition. Because your first and foremost job, I'll say this again as a manager, is to know what you have within your own squad. And they know what they have. <laughs> and I'm saying this, Jeff, and it's, it's really almost tough to, to go. Or, or is it, again, me going on this tangent, 
does maybe the manager not know if you're not figuring out a way to include Arena into your squad as whether it be a starter, whether him being significant minutes, the guy that's playing at this, well, maybe we don't know. So I don't know if it's someone within the squad speaks up and I don't know how, how that looks, the dynamic the, uh, between the team and where they're at now after that game and what, what they're feeling is like, is, is the government going to step up and say, we need to make some serious changes or is this going to be some slight changes then not only personnel wise, but tactically as far as what they're going to do. But I think getting back to my point is we know what the English are going to, present as far as competition we know what they can do do we have it in us to put ourselves together to compete against that that's that's really where i guess where we're at and if we're, we're going to make predictions we're going to talk about what we think the score is going to be and where this game is going to go i think that's what we have to think about is is where that divide what's what's the divide without almost giving away my prediction of how this is going to go yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly exactly, exactly. So. I think, I think England, England sent a message, a pretty strong message, with their game against Iran, just blowing them out of water completely. I, I think they believe, and I think they are capable of potentially going all the way. And I think U.S. has some management issues. You know, like you said, um, something that it just has to be fixed. It's, it's unacceptable for these things not to be fixed by the time we get to game time. So, John, traditionally, you always make the prediction first. Let's, let's keep that going. Okay. I like this. Let's keep that going. And I will. And I'll get to the, the first part that I'm going to look at is the fact that I do think that we could score a goal against England. I, I think that they're susceptible to being scored on based on the way that they're set up and the personnel that they have in the back line. I think it was shown in the contest. I, I think after the match, the English manager suggested that he would have been happy with six nil win as opposed to six two. Well, it wasn't going to be that. It was going to just figure out how you're going to eliminate the two goals. And I think that's where I do see us having some success. And I and I looked at it and I mentioned it. It's just the one goal though for us, and it's the English with a couple. So my prediction for the upcoming match, England versus USA, is that England will win two one. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid prediction. That's that's completely understandable. I do, I do think it's going to be a fun match, an exciting match. I think Polsic's going to show up. He's going to play like he has a chip on his shoulder. And I thought he did a great job and made things happen in the previous match. And I think we are going to get a goal. I think we'll be on the scoreboard. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I think we'll be in the mix. But I'm going to go with England winning 3-1. Okay, so we both, I think, are accepting of it, at least at this phase, that the English will defeat USA on Friday. A little bit different as far as the differential, but we'll see how it plays out. I'm really excited for it. Want to be a part of the crowd. Want to be a part of the supporters. Win, lose, or draw, no matter what, for sure. But I certainly would If it turns around and the USA wins, I mean, what am I, I going to say then? But I think I, I got uh, the 2-1, and you, as you said, the 3-1 win for England. And only time will tell. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, it, it should, should be a fun match. Hopefully everyone out there tunes in and goes to a watch party or there's something, something to, to really, really enjoy the game and, and get, get into it. it. Uh, we, we definitely encourage that. that. Uh, but, but it should, it should, it should be, be an exciting match either way. way. 
And, and so, so as, as always, always please, please like, subscribe, subscribe and keep, keep pitching, pitching out there. there. See, See you guys, guys for the next one. one. In a game, the round ball, round posts, anything can happen.